All oh, right, I've, I, you know, after all that now, I, I've forgotten where the thing is, the present. Oh, hey, there we are. <laughs> uh, that, so you can see the way that this conversation is going to go for those uh, that don't watch us on YouTube and just listen. Uh, Tank's name on the podcast today is Alan Rogers Wrexham fan. So, uh, and Jimmy is Jimmy Mac Dragon Slayer. So that, that Wrexham conversation isn't going to be the first one that we're going to start with. So we'll build up a little bit of suspense around that one. Because... I didn't know Jimmy was on about that. I thought that's what his wife calls him. <laughs> She's called it worse. Well, mate, he said my wife's a dragon. Hey, Jimbo. She listens Jimbo, to this. How are you? Not... Uh, how's things on the old stomach front, mate? After she tried to bump you off. Oh no! You know what? I'll be honest. I've not been great. You know, like really? I've had really bad poos for like a week or oh, so. You oh, could have just said me just to... been talking about that. You've just been saying no poo chat, like Gary Lineker. Like it's bad. <laughs> it's not been great. You know, and I've not been. I eat a lot. I eat a lot. Like, but I've not been eating a lot or anything. About I don't. I don't know. It's just like I don't know what it is. But he's got. Surely, you know, two and two. It's got to be. It's got to be up there because of that. Oh, lad. Uh, well, I hope you're on the men soon. Tank, um, what's going on in your life, mate? All good? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Just ticking on along, getting all my stats for Rex and for James. Can't wait. Do you know what's funny, right? We uh, we made our first guest appearance as a as a, a trio yeah, on uh, Friday yeah. night. We appeared on Forest Fan TV ahead of Liverpool versus Nottingham Forest at the weekend. And Another podcast got to see firsthand the joys of working with Alan Tank Rogers and technology. <laughs> <laughs> you have to and sign he... in on your phone in the end, Tank. Yeah, yeah but and like, I can't do all that shit, lads. Where you're saying like, what did you, what was it called, Jamie? What you said you got to do incognito. Yeah, mate, I don't even know how to fucking say that. Or never mind spell it. Never mind do it. So like, that's not my fault. If like, if you send me a link and I can open it and stuff a piece, which that should happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm yeah. all right with that. No, but yeah, to be fair, it was a good laugh. We had a, we had a couple of beers, had a couple of beers with them. Uh, the lads were very good, and look, we they were Forest fans, and they're inviting Jimmy, who supposedly doesn't support anyone. You got Tank, who said he wanted Forest to win against Liverpool, which I wasn't impressed with. To be fair, he mate, he didn't. He did it. He was just He's saying playing it to the gallery there. Look, I've played nearly nine years of my career was at Forest, so. Obviously, I'm a Liverpool fan. I'm from Liverpool, but, you know, my kids are born in Nottingham. We lived there for, I think, about 10 years. Liverpool's got nothing to play for. The shit, the season's finished. It's been finished for, in my opinion, and I've said this to you all along, and, you know, Liverpool's season's been finished since December. So I would have loved Forrest to go there and get three points and push for safety, and Liverpool just be Liverpool this season. Well, one of the things we did, and I'll stay with you just to, to kick off, Tank. We'll start on the, the Liverpool Forest game because obviously... I'm fine, gonna... by the way, as well. What's that, lad? I'm fine, by the way, as well, what, just in what, case what you're wondering. Don't you, what, mate, I've got... You think that I haven't got my questions all mapped out and I know which one to go to who with what, you know what I mean? Don't do this by chance, Jimbo. Okay. Uh, Tank, I'll, I'll stay with you if it's okay with Jim. And... Um... <laughs> <laughs> what did you make of the game? Because one of the things that we did say when we went on Forest Fan TV is... Look, Forrest have not scored a lot of goals this season. You'd have gone balls to the wall and had a good go at Liverpool. We did both say that Liverpool will always give you chances, and it, and it did turn out that way. Uh, Forrest were able to to mount a few attacks, get a couple of goals. Liverpool looked a little shaky at times, but they were they were ultimately bailed out by by the front lads. 
Yeah, I just thought, I think what, what we spoke about on the Forest podcast was the, the midfield. He seemed to, you know, to put an extra man in midfield, took Brennan Johnson out and put an extra man in midfield. But I've got to be honest, boys, I, I thought the big unit up front for Forest, he fucking nearly ragdolled Van Dijk. Was it A1E? Yeah, he was the ex-Liverpool kid, didn't he? Say it. No. <laughs> big unit. I but love that I, he went with big unit, because uh, there's no way I he was... I can't say that. Just about saying my own name with these temporary teeth in. <laughs> but I, honestly, I thought he, I thought he caused the Liverpool's uh, central defensive pair, pair and all kinds of problems. I mean, he, I've not seen anyone do that to Canate this season at all. He just ragdolled him everywhere. Can I be honest, right? And I don't mean this to discredit him. Maybe this will annoy. I don't think he's a great footballer. If no. that makes sense, I was looking at him. It's like he's awkward. He like if you got a chance in the last minute, you wouldn't fancy him to put it away. But what he does, he uses his his strength. And as you said, there, Canate is usually the bully, you know. And he was he was very much being bullied. He was a he was a right handful. I think they've missed him because he's been out injured the, the lad for quite a while now. But I think I think the way Forrest are trying to play with him is like he's the battering ram and he's got the quick lads uh, like Brennan Johnson. Uh, Gibbs White flying, you know, off 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 his hold of play, and I think they be, they've missed him. But I just thought I thought Forrest looked a different side. He kind of like took the shackles off a little bit because we've said it before. This Liverpool side gives chance after chance after chance, and I thought Forrest played. You know, Liverpool's quality was always going to come through. That's the only issue. You've got front men like that. You know, they're going to score goals against the the sides down the bottom of the league. But yeah, I mean, the overhead kick from that lad at the end was it was unlucky, wasn't it? Yeah, heart, heart in mouth stuff. And Jim, we were yeah. we were sat. It was actually on the Forest podcast when we were uh, getting news through of the Arsenal results and Southampton were winning, and then uh, Arsenal pulled it back. But I suppose one thing for Forest that they've got to look out for now is you've seen West Ham kind of pull away a little bit. Mm-hmm. West West Ham got a big win, at the, the, obviously against Wolves over yep. the weekend, which has put, put them in in a much stronger position. I would still argue, though, that Forest can take a lot from this game because they certainly weren't down and out and, and played some good stuff. Absolutely not. I mean, you know, when when you know we we're talking around the Man United game and it was it was a bit toothless. And and having seen how A one E played at the weekend, that would be, if I'm a Forest fan, I'd be more frustrated because Harry Maguire was on a yellow card after about four minutes. Yeah. So if I'm if I'm a Forest fan, I'm thinking, well, why is he not? Why is he not being instructed to do that against Harry Maguire all day? Just get him, wrestle him, get him wrestling your back, and and just absolutely terrorize him. And you know that would that for me, United go one nil down, uh, ten men down there, you've got more of a chance. So, you know, I'd be frustrated at that because <clears throat> they, they should have targeted Maguire there and they didn't. But like you say, they seem to have took the shackles off. They played the way that. You know, most teams down there play a four-three-three, one striker, wide men bombing in behind, and and then getting back and creating a four-five-one, and 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 it paid paid off for them in in the fact that they've actually gone and scored goals and and looked dangerous. So for me, they need to play like that for the remainder of the game and not revert back to type. You know, even if you're playing against teams down there, don't just try and nick a one-nil. You've got to go and try and win the game and, and put and put the games to bed so you don't have that that nervousness. But yeah, I think you know there's still enough down there for Everton, Forest, Leicester, um, Leeds to you know one of them will will do something magical. Um, and uh, and you know, I hope it's I hope Forest are in and around there and and still fighting for it towards the end of the season. Tank, I want to come to you something just on on Liverpool, right? Because we 
we've been open in our love for Darwin Nunes. He's made football fun this season, right? He's a little bit raw, as in, you know, he's acclimatising to a new league. Um, but he, he brings a little element of madness. And as a football fan, I enjoy that. And it's we've raised questions of the usage of Darwin Nunes this season from, from Klopp. As in, is not picking him at the moment, or when he has picked him, he hooks him 60 minutes, pretty much 65 minutes every single game. Very rarely will you see him start and finish games. Feels like it's been a very stop-start season for him. He's still got 15 goals, which is I think is a, a really good return. And I think, don't quote me on this, but I think he needs two more goals before the end of the season. He'd get more than Suarez did in his first season. So like it's, it's certainly been a, a decent showing from him on limited game time. It was interesting in the week, in, in the build-up to the Forest game, because I think some Liverpool fans have probably been a little bit frustrated and asking questions around the usage of Nunes. And it seemed to me like he was spelling out that the reason he's not been picked is the entry to this Liverpool team is your ability to counter-press, which we know that Jota does very, very well for, for, for Liverpool. What have you made of the handling of Darwin Nunes? Because I thought when he came on against Forrest, he looked a little lost. He was played central as opposed to, to to left. I think he seems one of those players that likes to start central, but he naturally pulls into a wide position. So then if you've got that rotations happening, I, I, I think we saw it, didn't we, against United? It was Nunes, Gakpo and Salah, and there was a lot of rotation and movements and it looked great. I'd argue that the usage of Nunes this season is now starting to impact him a little bit in terms of his confidence. He's not getting a, a run in the side and he seemed a little bit lost when he came on against Forrest. What have you made of, of that whole scenario? This is what we spoke about with Klopp. Klopp's had as bad a season as the Liverpool team because some of Klopp's decisions and, you know, like his selections and substitutions and his use of Nunes for me this season has been absolutely, especially the last eight games, it's been absolutely bizarre. You know, I know that Jota scored a few goals in the last couple of games, but prior to that, lads, he's absolutely stunk, stunk the place out like you wouldn't believe. But then, you, you know, you look at Nunes. Now, as a player, and we've all played football at various levels, we all know that when your confidence is down, you just, you, you, fake, you can tell facially you're not enjoying the game. For me, Saturday was a big, I was kind of thinking, there might be a problem here because a lad looks like he's completely fell out of love with football. He wasn't making the runs. He wasn't a direct threat. He wasn't the carnage what he has been. He kind of looked a bit of a reserved, hmm. a reserved player. Now, if you take that out of Darwin Nunes' game, I don't think his natural ability is is wonderful. Hmm. I think his carnage and his instinct and off the cuff football is out of this world to watch as well. And I just think that Klopp's kind of he strangled it out of him. And I didn't really like his conversation where he was going about you know the counter press. If, if, well, if that's why he's not playing, well, you should fucking sack your whole midfield because not one of them's got a pressing bone in the body this season. So I don't really understand why he's singling uh, a forward. I understand we, we, we do the, the press from the front. I get that. Salah's not fucking... I, I can't really remember many times Salah presses. You know, Bobby used to do all the pressing and money, but Salah never used to do this. And I just thought he... For me, I thought he hung him out to dry a little bit. I thought it was quite a... A poor statement at a poor time as well. Yeah, I, I thought the same, Jim. It surprised me. And I think he even mentioned around his inability to speak English, which is nearly saying, well, he's not, maybe he's not taking on the instructions or whatever. It just, it felt a weird one for me. Or am I just being too protective over a player that I like? 
think a bit of both, mate. You can you can look into it uh, as deep as you want, or you can or you can be as flippant as you want. And for me, I just don't think I don't think Jurgen Klopp trusts him at this moment in time. And, and I think he's not, not having great. him. No, I don't. I don't think he's having him. But just because of the way he plays and the way Jurgen Klopp plays. But the issue for me is Darwin Nunes has not been anywhere near your worst player at all in any shape or form this this season. Yet he's the one being hung out to dry. He's a young lad. He's come to a new country. He's trying to learn a new language. And, and Jürgen's just absolutely hung him out to dry. I don't know if he's meant to use it as a kick up the arse or whatnot, but you don't... You don't do that. He, public, see, he does do not seem the type that would respond no, well you don't to need a kick to do up the it up in public, and you just get on, you know, behind closed doors, maybe. So, I, I, I'm not and sure. Again, he probably wouldn't you... understand the press press conference, so he might. Be yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Well, there's that, but I don't think Jurgen's having him. You know, lads. Yeah, I, think I, I he prefers Jota and Gakpo for what they do, and I think Nunes will be used as a, as a bit part player until, until he or if he can do what Jurgen wants. But I don't think he can. I don't think he's that type of player. Yeah, my my worry, uh, my worry is to get the best out of Nunes. I think what you've got to have is what Liverpool nearly had back in the day with lots of rotation in the front three. And as I said before in that United game, we saw a little bit. I think that natural movement where he pulls wide left to isolate a fullback or a centre-back, he can then use his pace and run the channel. That's where he's at his best. But what that means is that Jota then would have to move from the left into central and make sure that there is some type of rotations. Whereas we saw the other day against Forrest, he was a number nine, holding a number nine's position there wasn't the space in behind. And like Tank says, I don't know if he's got the technique yet to be able to occupy, spin. You know what I mean? He needs to, to, he's got it. He just has to be confident to be able to execute it. And I just don't think he's confident. So, yeah, it, I agree with both of you lads. I think it's it's a little bit worrying now. I think he needs a run of games in the side, but with Jota scoring, is that going to happen? So, I just think, yeah, strange, strange from Klopp for me. Now, lads, I want to come to the topic we've all been waiting for, <laughs> which is uh, Wrexham. Now, we often agree, disagree on this podcast, I think it's fair to say, and I think it's good when we do. Of some of the topics we've disagreed on, it's made complete sense. I didn't see this one coming, Jim, and I'm not still not sure if you're just playing the Simon Cowell or the podcast here. Um, and I want you to start <clears throat> off by telling Let us... Let me explain. Yeah, go on. You, you explain, explain where this came from. Go on. Let me explain. So... Obviously, Wrexham won the league. Have you made notes? Are you about? Have you done research? Yet? I haven't. I don't need any research. It's not about that. It's not about. It's nothing. It's nothing to do with that, right? Uh, I I watched. Well, I didn't watch it actually, but I obviously Wrexham won the league at the weekend. And, so there's your first bad point. You didn't even watch it. No, I, I'm, busy. I'm, I'm not bothered about it. I'm not bothered about him winning. Fucking are you tweeting? He just wants to. He just wants to argue with you, Tank. That's all it is. It's not. It's nothing to do with that. It's got absolutely nothing to do with that. One of the, you know, it might be an underlying issue that I play for Chester and Chester and Wrexham hate each other, but that's still okay. got nothing to do with it. So let me let me outline. I have zero issues in how Wrexham are being run. Zero. I've also got zero issues in how Man City are being run, how PSG are being run, how Newcastle are being run, and how Chelsea were being run when Abramovich came in. I have zero issues with these owners coming in and spending their cash, spending it wildly, right? Zero. Because I've, I've you know, it doesn't affect me anyway, shape or form. It's their cash, right? The issue I have 
is that everyone has jumped on this bandwagon going, it's a fairy tale story. Oh, Wrexham, they've, they've come back, they've brought the community together. They've done all this. It's exactly what City did when they new owners came in. And it's exactly what uh, Chelsea did when Abramovich came in. They bought that league, right? They've bought the league. It's not a fairy tale. They've gone and spent the most money, just like Blackburn did when they won the league. They spent the most money on the best players, spent well above and beyond anyone else, and they bought the league. Again, I've no issues with that. The issue I've got is the hypocrisy of mainly Liverpool fans going, oh, Wrexham, it's such a wonderful story. And was it my owners... tweet that set you off here, Jimmy? No, no, no. It wasn't just you. It wasn't just you. I mean, you, you are part of the problem, but it wasn't just you. Okay. I saw <laughs> another one. I saw your sister getting involved, and she doesn't even get involved in Liverpool games. And she, the issue, and it's just because of two faces. You're having to go with my sister now, lad. Fuck I am. Now. Sorry, Claire. <laughs> I mean, I'm putting her in the, in the... Everyone going, oh, it's such a wonderful thing. It is, and they've spent millions of pounds, of course, are going to win. If you imagine being a, a Notts County fan or an Altrincham fan or someone Jimmy, in that league, who, budget this season. I'm sure it's above and beyond everyone else's. Huge, like huge Notts County's budget, massive, as it shows. But the and you know, so it's not it's not a fairy tale win. This it's not someone that's brought. They bought the club. They spent millions. They've got a load of people on the bandwagon. They've then gone and bought one of the Premier League's top goalies, spent, you know, giving probably about eight grand a week when the average wage in that league Three is Three and a half grand a week he's on. Eh? Three and a half grand a week he's on. Yeah, and of course. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, it's just it's not a fairy tale shit. The issue mate. I've got is... The issue I've got is people slate now, and I know people are going to say, "Oh, it's state-owned Man City, state-owned human rights they record." They're cheating, right? Okay, I get that, totally get it. Before all that, right? Take Chelsea, right? When Abramovich bought Chelsea, what was what was the label that was given to Chelsea fans when Abramovich was buying the league? Plastics, they're all plastics. Flag waving, plastics, they're all in it. Wrexham, Wrexham, since they've been in League Two, averaged 5,000 fans, right? 5,000. That's when they're playing league football. A couple of the celebrities come in, chucking money. They're selling out 10 grand. Plastic fans. No one says that oh. about it. No one says it about it. How can you average 5,000 5, fans for the last 15 years and then two seasons when two rich owners are coming to buy the league, you're up at 10,000 you saying that's not about more fans. than five thousand. Wrexham haven't been in the league for fifteen Mate, years. I was. This that's one thing I did search was with the average. Wrexham haven't been in the league for fifteen years. Exactly, but the, even when they were in, the, trust me. Re even Rexham when they were in the league, their average attendance in two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight in League Two was four thousand two hundred. That's League Two. That's the whole league, not Wrexham. No, that's their average attendance for that league. For their league games was four thousand two hundred and thirty-four. So, let, do you want to come in, Tank, or should I? Because I've got a couple of, I've got a few bits. Come yeah, on, do you want to come in? Just, I just, don't, I don't get where the argument or the comparison because I mean, even what Jimmy's just said, then it's just totally deluded his argument. There's no comparison. How can you compare us, Paris Saint Germain? So the, so the comparison. Hang on, Jimmy. Hold on, lads. Just hold let on. me go. How can I you, want to say the comparison you? isn't the issue. But that's. Uh, 
Your issue is the fairy tale. But the issue is exactly the same. I happily slate City, Chelsea, PSG, Newcastle for their ownership and what they've done for that club in buying their leagues. Whereas Wrexham do exactly the same, and it's oh, we done exactly the same. It's totally different, mate. What Wrexham? What the owners have come in, right? They've come in. All they've invested is two point five million on players, recruitment, and facilities. Two point five million. That's not a lot, you know, mate. Two point five million. It's in the, chap- it's in the national league. Done, Jimmy, point, do you think any of them national league? Hang on a minute, mate. I just let, just let me get my point across. <laughs> what they've done, mate, was business savvy because the two celebrities and they've used their networking, they've used their marketing power. I'll give you some stats now since they come in. Twitter followers, 45,000. Since they come in, it's 209,000, 400% up. Instagram, 27,000 to 208,000, 600% increase in volume. TikTok, they didn't have an account. They've got 459,000 followers now. They've got sponsorship with TikTok, Expedia. As soon as they come in, they signed a 25-year lease with Wrexham Council to say, we're in this for the long term. The long term. And then what they've done is they've got all of the mates from Netflix and said, this is what we're going to do. Once again, genius marketing, genius from businessmen, absolute genius. They said, we're taking over Wrexham. We're two Hollywood celebrities. They were getting paid $400,000 per hour of footage, not per show, per hour of footage they were shooting, $400,000. And then it generated the episodes, the eight episodes generated £3.2 million. So that's that's the budget paid for. That's done. So they actually haven't spent a fucking penny. And that's got nothing to do with any sponsorships coming in. They took the season tickets from 2019 to 2,609 season tickets. Last season, they have sold 6,820 season tickets. So what they've done, Jimmy, they've not come in and said, we're going to spend more than this, that, and the other. They've gone in and they've done similar to what Jürgen Klopp has done at Liverpool and they've galvanised the community and he says, we're going to turn you into to believers, into non-believers to believers or whatever, whatever Klopp's statement was at the time. These lads have come in and done the exact same. They've realised Wrexham's only 25 minutes, half an hour, 40 minutes from Liverpool, Manchester. The catchment area is unbelievable. And they've said, you know what? We'll reinvent this whole community and we're going to turn this into a mini Liverpool. And that is exactly what they've done. They've not gone in and said, we're going to give you 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 grand a week. I know personally, people, some of the people who run Salford. Salford were throwing more money than these about than anyone. There was a goalkeeper who got on a free transfer from, um, I think he was playing at Hibs at the time. And Celtic tried to sign him. Celtic, a global giant. Salford gave him more money in League Two than what Celtic could offer him. That's buying leagues with a 2,000 crowd. You can't even compare compare these to anything remotely to Man City, Paris Saint-Germain, Chelsea or any other club, Newcastle. And by the way, none of us have slagged Newcastle off because Newcastle's done it really well. Yeah, because you haven't won yet. When you start winning, you will. When you start beating Liverpool, done a very savvy Newcastle. I'm not, I'm not having it. But my, my point is, I have no issues with the ownership. I have no issues what they've done. Well, I have, have no issues in the money they exactly spent. The same. Wrexham and lost £2 million, million quid. Wrexham lost £2 million quid. They lost £2 million quid. When they were buying Paul Mullin, they didn't have all these bloody sponsorships. When they're paying Ben Foster X amount, you moan about City doing third-party contracts with their own owners 
Uh, Rex, my sponsor by Aviation Gym, which is Ryan Reynolds' own gin company. So they're doing exactly the same. The I, but they're again, exactly I have zero issues with that. The issues I have with rival fans who will happily slag off City, PSG. If you're saying you don't, then fine. But there's, you're, there's a majority of fans that call them plastic. Talk about attendances, all this sort of stuff. Now, the cheating side of it, I get. That's recent times, right? That's what we're aware of in recent times. So I'll, I'll give you that, right? But prior to that, we weren't aware of it. But still, because City was spending the most money, it was all, all your money, this is that, that, and that. Jimmy, Rex, like every walk of life, you have to speculate to accumulate. I Them lads couldn't go with Rex and say, right, listen, we're not going to spend and one pence. And say what Rex is doing is perfect and everyone loves it. Ryan Reynolds well, it is... is it isn't. They're still spending money. They lost two million quid last year. That was two million quid the year before last year, Jimmy. These books haven't come out for this year. You know that. Yeah, this and year, I'm talking just, 22, 21, 22. Just give you all of the stats, mate. What they've done, they've turned it into the market, and uh, it's genius. We should be sat here saying, "Do you know what Paris Saint Germain, Man City, and all the others should be looking what these have done?" Because it's fucking genius. I have they've, to say, they've used their they've used their global fucking reach. Reach is the word. And, and they've smashed it. They've absolutely. I have no issues it. in that. Zero, zero. Here's another I, one I for love, you. Them. You've, you've I love Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney. I I love them guys as a as a fan. What I don't like is other fans of other clubs who will happily slag off City for the attendance. All these and then right, Rex. I'll tell you what. Then let's take Man City's FA Cup semi final. Let's but take it's irrelevant. The point is irrelevant. It doesn't matter if you have a million fans or one on, fan. Did you see the Man City banners? The whole three <clears> sections <throat> with the Man City flag. Man City bought them seats. They bought them seats. Why did they buy them seats? Because it looked it, it like they generated more said, income. To me, it doesn't matter if they've got one fan or a million fans there. It has, it has no... I don't give a shit. It really doesn't bother me. But for everyone else, it seems to. And then they have all this money still that their owners have. And if they generating this income through nefarious means as in third party sponsorship fine fine them they got fined by fsp the uh, ffp whatever and they just pay it off I've, i have zero issues with anyone spending their own money what you this is not comparison what, is just null and void it's null and what void. this is Here's not is fairy tale it is not fairy tale it's fairy tale it isn't. Galvanized the whole isn't. community. It isn't. Wrexham in the FA Cup against Blyde Spartans. It's rich people coming in, using their contacts and getting... Look, they've done brilliantly as a business. They've done brilliantly. I get it. But it's not fairy tale. So what, what I would say here, right, and I enjoyed that, lads. Thanks for that. Uh, <laughs> it's actually <laughs> quite no. a... Um, uh, it was very well held back debate, actually. No, I'm I'm actually proud of you both there. What I would say, uh, is not the voice of reason, because don't need to be the voice of reason, but I would say my view yeah, is... Jamie, the... do you know what? For the first time in this podcast, I'm calling you out. We need Me? your honest opinion on this, not just the voice of reason. We need your honest opinion on this. Yeah, my, my honest opinion on this is I'm massively impressed with the way that Wrexham have been ran. Um, and this is the marketeer in me, my day job. Their ability to use their reach and monetize that. So, for example, you know, to be able to get the TikTok deals over the line, to be able to get the Expedia deals over the line, what they did in getting uh, secure in the docu series is they actually got the production companies to front up the costs. So, th for the next, you know, they've signed up off for the, the next series, and I think they're now debating or discussing the third series. Those production companies are covering the costs of those. So, it's not coming out of their ass pockets. And all that is going to do is grow the reach. You then sell the reach. Uh, to, to various partners and you get more money. So for, for me, and I don't know what you're saying, Jim, in that 
it's a fair, it's not a fairy tale because rich people have come in. But I think to Tank's point before when he was saying about Newcastle, people don't have as much of an issue, or certainly I don't, because of the way that Newcastle are doing it. They're they're boxing clever, they're being smart. They're not just spending money like you know, uh, 60 million on four fullbacks, and they know that three of them won't work, but they don't give a bollocks and they'll ju- they're just stockpiling players. They're being smart, and Wrexham, I think, are doing it in the right way, and that it's not like they've uh, just splashed the cash with no consequence. They're using the revenue that they've generated through smart business decisions to put back into the stadium, the community. As a result of that, then, people want to go and watch the football because there's a feel-good fact that the team are better. It's regenerated the whole community. And that, for me, it's that element. It's taken one of the oldest one of the oldest clubs in, in, um, in football that, that have had a long-standing history in the game in a town that probably needs a little bit of help in terms of regeneration, and they they are make their plan is long term plan make it back into a into a bit of a superpower. Now that's the side for me. It's generate it's self generated. It's it doesn't seem like there's any underhand uh, stuff going on. I know you mentioned about aviation gin, but this isn't this isn't blag sponsorships that don't even exist. Do you know what I mean? This will be an above board partnership. His his face is front and center of that brand, so it's not there's nothing underhand there. It's the, the issues with some of the other clubs that we've mentioned is these companies that they're signing deals with don't even exist. They literally don't exist. So I, I think for me, that's the side where I, I do see it as a fairy tale. And look, two fucking Hollywood movie stars coming in and being your owners. That in itself is a bit of a like that just doesn't happen. And the, and the way that they've done it. And did do you, do you notice uh, when Ryan Reynolds was doing his uh, press conferences, he'd always talk about like, Notts County and the history of yeah. Notts County and why Notts County. So this isn't a guy who like sits in his ivory tower and is not invested. He knows stuff about the people that they're playing against and where they're trying to get to and the stuff that they've overcome. I, I just think for me that the type of owners that a lot of football clubs would want, they'd seem to be doing it in the right way. They're invested in the local people, the towns and, and the redevelopments of the club and, and they're, they're spending what they generate through smart business decisions. That's probably where, where I'm at. And I agree because they need to generate that money because they haven't got billions like, but when city owners came in, they've generated, they've regenerated all around the Etihad stadium. They've built multiple, you know, different yeah, but stadiums. They're funded by a country lad. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. It really doesn't matter because the issue you've got with that is because it directly affects you as a Liverpool fan. If City were still in the lower end of League Two, you wouldn't be asked if they're owned by you know uh, a country or even if it was owned by bloody Doctor Robotnik from Sonic or someone. You wouldn't give a flying shit because it doesn't affect you. The reason Newcastle, you're saying it's done smart or whatnot. Uh, it's it's not directly affecting you as a Liverpool fan. What City directly affects you is they beat you year on year. Now, recent times, it's come out, recent sponsorship, that sort of... I get it, totally get it, right? Prior to that, that wasn't uh, wasn't anywhere near. It was rich owners spending their money. If they want to spend £150 billion on 85 fullbacks, that's their prerogative, as long as it was done in the parameters of that time. Uh, uh, and at the time, it was... But still, they're called plastics, they're called oil money, they're called this and that. Now, what Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney have done is absolutely fantastic for Ray. I have no issues, absolutely no. The issues I have is with rival fans seemingly loving this because it's people they know, but hating everything else because it's it's directly affecting. That's yeah, my that's issue. Honestly, mate, it's, it's nonsense what you're saying. It's nonsense it because Man City's been, they've been found guilty for corruption and cheating 
So I don't give a fuck about Man City. And they, and they were like fined accordingly, right? Were they fined accordingly? Well, obviously not because now they've reopened it because the FA have now gone, well, hang on, this isn't right, actually. You can't And they'll get fined accordingly and so, they will get punished so, accordingly. Yeah, they will do. But, but you're making out that this is us just loving it because, like, it's Wrexham, it's perfect. Wrexham is a fairy tale. No matter what you say or think, it's a complete it utter fairy tale. Quid. You've got two superstar Hollywood actors who's come in and said, we're going to galvanise this whole club town and we're going to have a fucking ball doing it. And all of the stats prove it, mate. They've got, as Jamie just said, then the Netflix paid up front, bang, there you go. Actually, them owners will not put a single penny in their pockets for the next 10 years, I guarantee it. They'll generate that much money through sponsorships. They could use, Jamie, you're in market, you know the, the power of Instagram and fucking TikTok. They could put one advertisement out and charge fucking 50 grand. Well, bang, there you go. Put 10 advertisements out a week, half a million a week, we're absolutely flying. So what they've done is absolutely genius. Man City, yeah, and they, you can't disagree. Even You're acting to Man like City. I'm saying what they've done is like mental. But you and are you're comparing it to Man City and saying we're comparing it to, to the reaction of fans to Man City. Oh, I get Man City then. Let's look at Chelsea when Chelsea came on the Abramovich era. It was all the plastic fans flag waving. Abramovich right, just on the plastic things, things, mate. Sorry, to, it, it, the plastic thing for me, like Tank this. Liverpool went toe-to-toe with City and did it in a different way. I don't think it's sustainable to do, and it's been shown that. I think the money of the game is is, is getting out of hand. I, I genuinely, hand on heart, don't have an issue with how Newcastle are doing it because they're doing it in a, in a, in a proper way. It's, it certainly seems that way. I think for me, the, the issue with the plastic thing, it's not... It's that the City fans have tried to put out this vision, and I don't mean this to be disrespectful to City fans that listen, of Man City are a big club in terms of their ability on the football pitch, the fa- but their history is, is not quite there, right? And I suppose this is where the, the issue comes up for me, is that you've got like speakers being played in, in stadiums to try and generate atmosphere, or you've got like the, the the attendance stuff where potentially they're like fabricating numbers or buying out sections of stadium. It's to try and build this narrative. And that I think is where people talk about plastic and that they're trying to to portray this fake image of as being a certain type of way. Right. And I, and I say this with City. I had a load of I had mates uh, who were City fans going back to Main Road and they like they were brilliant, like the passion. But they, they haven't got the global fan base. That will take time to build. It's okay to say that, but I think the issue is that they they don't say that. They don't have an open conversation. Rather than saying, look, we need to be competing for the next 20 years at the top of the tree, and as a result of that, then the fan, the new age of fan base grows. They've never had that conversation, so they, they create this mirage or this image of being a certain type of way. I think that's my issue with the... With the City on this season have an average sellout of 96.7% in the Premier League. That's what you're reading of stats, I guarantee you. And one of my closest mates is a Man City season ticker holder, and he actually sends me shots, goes, fucking at least 10,000 empty. So you're just reading stats of what Man City are putting out, and you're one of them fools who are fucking believing it. Uh, Man City have about 40,000 maximum per Champions League game. If that, <clears throat> if that, my mate says, I don't go because the atmosphere is that bad. He, he doesn't go to the big Champions League game because the atmosphere is shit. To be fair, it's though, Tank, what I would say, I, I think, Jimbo, I, I'd, say there's a, I'd say there's a wider issue, and maybe this is one for another day. Liverpool's atmosphere at home in most games now is absolutely rubbish. I, no, I, 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 I'm not saying about the atmosphere. No, I think there is a wider issue, though, now. 
I think there is a wider issue. I think there's a wider issue now in the the, the big clubs, if you will, or the teams competing at the top of the league. They think that they just turn up and roll over teams and there's not that much of an atmosphere. Like, I think there is... Forrest completely outshone Liverpool at Anfield Saturday. Yeah. Completely. Completely outshone them. So on that, Jim, I want to come to you, right? Talking of money-making schemes and atmospheres and uh, it's a nice segue, right? FA Cup final day, semi-final day, I should say. This is something that has been a bugbear of mine for a long time. Why in God's name are, well, we know why, because it's a money-making scheme. But why are these games being held at Wembley? It should be without a question. Like, why should teams in the north, if it's two teams in the north, have to yeah. trek down south to go and play a game? It's what? It used to be at Villa, didn't it? it yeah, Villa, Villa, Villa and Old Trafford. Yeah. Villa and Old Trafford are perfect. Yeah. Both of them are absolutely perfect. And if Old Trafford can't host it, you've got uh, Liverpool now. Well, from next season, their attendance is going to go up. I think it's around 7,000, I think, touching 60. So there's, there, there is multiple, especially now Everton have a big stadium on the way. There is multiple places to play these games. <laughs> that won't be finished. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> Jim, it, it's... It's not good, is it? It does it not no. take away from the magic of the final as well. It does take away from the magic of the final, and, it, and it's you know you, you can quite clearly see the issue you've got is, you know, where you know obviously Sheffield United. It's different for them because it's not something that they will do quite often in in recent times and get into Wembley and play. So they they're likely to to sell their allocation. Yeah, they've got a slog all the way down to Wembley. They're probably not going to get to the final, so it's something that they they can do. We're City, United, you know, I'd have Liverpool into this, where, you know, they have to make this trip to Wembley regularly. And it's not, you know, costs aren't cheap, lads. Like, tickets are expensive. Trains are expensive. If you drive, petrol's expensive. If you if you then got to try and find somewhere to park, you then got your food and drink. It's, you know, there's a cost of living crisis here. And the FA just think, oh, you know, we'll put the money on because we've got all the sponsorships in Wembley. We've got to pay off the Wembley debt and all this sort of stuff. When realistic, fans are always the ones to carry. The fans are always ones that get stiff. Like, you know, you oh, as long as Club Wembley is happy and that's full, and you know, we the the allocation to to fans is low anyway. Is it not only like twenty five thousand that they or something along them lines that they get allocated? The rest is for sponsors. So, the rest go to sponsors and, and Club Wembley and all that sort of stuff. So it's it just beggars belief that they expect northern clubs to travel all the way down. Well, not northern clubs because it's it's irrespective to the clubs. It doesn't really matter. You know, the billion dollar companies. It, it really doesn't matter. But the the diehard fans, it's it's not it's less than ideal to have to go to to London. Don't forget there's a London marathon on the day after. So the, the, the prices would be inflated. There'll be no, most people who do the London marathon will stay over. There's no, there's no hotels for the fans to get. Um, the trains price would be inflated. I don't know. You know, usually by the time it's finished, is there a train back that that's often a case on, I know in particular on Sundays that that's an issue for, for people to get into Wembley. It's just an absolute farce. And I feel sorry for the fans. And this is not just City fans. It's any fan that you have to fuck. My son, bloody 
birthday falls a day after the FA Cup final. And and I told him that. And I was like, I've seen you on the sniff in the WhatsApp group there this morning for the old. So he's gone to me, Dad, that'd be the best birthday present ever if we go to to the FA Cup. And I know it's going to cost me like 300 quid. And I'm thinking, fuck's sake, like, it's not just that, Jimmy. It's like I, when I went to to Cheltenham down to watch my horse, it's not, it's not that because I didn't know the horse was going to run. So you can't pre book a hotel. Yeah. Similar to many fans, they don't know whether they're going to make it the final or not. So by no. the time I tried to book a hotel at Cheltenham, it was £1,200 for the Premier Inn Hotel in Cheltenham. Jesus. Lads, it's fucking horrendous because these robbing bastards just try and target fans. So I guarantee you, you won't get a hotel round London near Wembley for less than no. eight nine £9,000. So if you're looking to book for your lad, say the FA Cup final, and you've only just got through to the final now, like Man, Man United, Man City fans, if you're looking for hotels now, I guarantee your hotels on the day before... They'll just jump straight away. They'll be, they'll be smashed. The price will just be gone two, three, four hundred percent higher. It's like and when it's you go and try and book a family, family holiday, isn't it? And it's like, if you go it in is. term time, if you go in yeah. term time, yeah. it's like half the cost. And then, and then you get fined. In the UK, yeah, don't yeah. you? If yeah. you take your kids out, take, kids like, out, you take, yeah. take the fight. Get fucked, don't we? we get fucked everywhere, everywhere you turn. Supply and demand. I get supply and demand. Look, they know people are going to want hotels and they know going to want it for that date. But, you know, it's just the average, you know, the average guy just gets, and this is going deeper into the, into deep-rooted, you know, uh, issues than the UK. But just the average person gets stiff no matter what. One way or another, a company will try and stiff you whatever you're doing. And it's like, you know, people flying away for away games on on European nights, and the, the, as soon as the, the fixtures are released, they'll have you know air, you know EasyJet, whatever it is, whichever uh, you know airlines will have someone straight away putting up the prices on the day before, the day after. You know, the it's just because they know that people will want to pay it, and, and we just get stiffed. So yeah, it's it's. It, we need to be more like the French. Go take to the streets. Fuck, Mate, fuck them all. We never would do that, would we? I, I, I mean, I, I'd be up for it. Mate, I'm English. I've thanked, I've thanked hairdressers for shocking haircuts before. I'm yeah, exactly. Them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's, it's just what <laughs> we do. Show over and cry. Yeah, no. Always, <laughs> just what I wanted. Thanks very much. Go around <laughs> the corner and cry. <laughs> like, if you walk into someone, if someone walks into you, right? Someone walk, you're just walking, chilling. Someone walks into you, barges you. You will say sorry, even though you've done nothing wrong. You go, sorry, mate. Oh, it's like, that's just <laughs> a uh, Right, we're going to finish off on listeners' questions. Tank, the first one comes in from Mike Sandy, and he wants to know, has the signing of Jaden Sancho for a fortune with very little return been covered enough? And I suppose it, it comes back to our conversation around big money transfers, right? And I'm going to add to, to Mike's question here because I don't, to answer it, I, I certainly don't think it has, but I think there's a few in the Premier League that seem to get a free pass with, with this type of stuff. It, here is the new, and we did this on a past podcast and it, it blows my mind every single time, right? Most expensive transfers in Premier League history. Jaden Sancho um, is bottom of the list at the moment. But anyway, top uh, top transfer is Endo, uh, Enzo Fernandez. Then you have Jack Grealish, Lukaku, Pogba, Lukaku again. Uh, Mudrick, Anthony, Harry Maguire, Virgil van Dijk and Jadon Sancho. I would argue there, van Dijk is the only success. Now, you know, to be fair, there's a couple there that have only just signed, so we'll give them a pass to some degree. Jack Green is now... Fernandez is not a £130 million player. Yeah. That's not his fault, though, is it? No, no, but... Jimmy, it's big money. And this this is what my issue with Anthony, uh, Man United... 
if you're getting time for that money, you have to produce. You don't get you don't get this time. You have to produce. Now, I keep seeing people saying, "Oh, he's much improved of late." I don't know where he's much improved. He's fucking crap. Who's but this Sancho? Answer? I don't know whether is it because he's English, is it? I don't know. Does he get a bit of a free pass towards because? Look, I'm very, very critical of Anthony. He has been, I think he's fucking dire. But you've got to say, lads, Sancho's worse. Mm-hmm. He just comes like he's a shadow. I watched him at Dortmund. I was gutted when Man United signed him. I was genuinely gutted. Yeah, he's a real player there, wasn't he? And then you kind of look at him now and you're like, you wouldn't even take him on a fucking free. He just looks disinterested. He's got nothing about him. It's funny, isn't it, Jim? Because you look at these players that come with these big expectations, and you know you were a you were a player fond of an old flick or a back heel or a piece of skill. You you, you look at Jaden Sancho now, and he's nearly he doesn't he's ever gone. look to he, yeah he doesn't look to take someone like there's no creativity there. No. He just seems is this is this a weight of expectation? Whether it's through big club, Man United, uh, big price tag, what is it that that is making that list that we've just reamed off there? It, they just don't seem to deliver. No, and this is so we and again we've we've had this very conversation, haven't we, around the top ten signings? From I mean Sancho in particular, he had a you know he went from City to Dortmund, or sort of under the radar, had had the run of the run of the team at an early age and, and thrived in that scenario. Don't forget he's playing with a one of that will be one of the greatest strikers that have ever have ever lived in in Erling Haaland and and you know that would that would aid him in in any stats that he's producing but you know he was doing it for England he was an England regular so it was a safe bet from Man United well I say safe bet obviously it wasn't but he, on paper it all seemed like a safe bet he was playing with the England team uh, he broke into that at a fairly young age but it, you can't you can't this is where psychology and football will, is is probably one of the biggest um, innovations that will that has and will continue to be so because you can't see what's going on in that player's mind and Sancho Sancho seemingly on the face of it is has gone mentally he can't he can't handle that expectations his times he came on at the weekend I thought it was, I can't remember the, the the actual time but he could have shot and he tried to come back in and pass it sideways he had a free shot to try and curl it into the far corner when you start and we you know we discussed it was this interesting the, wasn't it on the forest podcast that the lads they, were quite kind of surprised because we kind they of didn't get the, it they don't yeah. get it do they like non-football if you've never played at any at any level, if you don't play footy and you don't know what instinct and confidence yeah. does to a player, it's once you've gone, you're gone. It's so hard to come back. It's so hard. I think he'll leave and he'll go abroad again and he'll and he'll find his form. But I think the weight of ex. You are. I wouldn't be surprised if you see him back at Dortmund. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, but I think the I way watched of him on Jimmy, like you were saying, then you watch him and you're thinking, like he got a ball wide left and like there was space, and I'm like, yeah, here's your oh. chance. Go and then he goes and then he got he cuts back, plays in inside, and you're like, if that's a Dortmund, he's he's fucking going. And talk about his time at Dortmund, Jimmy. Like he he was talked up more than Haaland at that time. It was like Sancho, Sancho, Sancho. Oh, Haaland's doing well as well, but Sancho's giving him everything. Hmm. And then you just watch him now. I mean, it's actually it's actually sad to see. And you, it is sad. He's obviously struggling mentally. Not many players get given breaks mid-season to go and sort themselves out. So he's obviously struggling mentally and no one likes to see him. (laughs) Come back with his stuff. Yeah, so yeah. But to be fair, lads, the biggest worry for me for Man United is the form of Rashford. He's looked awful, back to awful. 
Yeah, that we, we, we spoke about that, didn't yeah, we? And it's, it's interesting, you know, confidence, we, we talk about it a lot. It's 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 everything to a footballer. If you can play on instinct, then you you know you you you're cooking on gas. The worst thing you can do is give footballers time to think and overanalyze, and then all of a sudden, particularly at the highest level, the speed of the game, you you know, yeah. you'll be you'll be swallowed up. Um, so that's why again, sorry, that's why I think Sancho's getting a bit of a free hit because he's openly talked around his mental health. And I think people are scared to to discuss it because of what he's going through. Yeah. Which is which is nice. I wish they were like Fair that. Enough, like. A lot of places to be um so last couple to finish up on right. Uh John is there an echo there? Can you hear me? It always so, well, comes towards the end, you know. It's trying to the, the system's had enough. It wants us to shut up. Um Tank. Andrew Nicholson wants to know. Well, it's not to tank this, it's to all of us, and we more, might all have we all know the answers. answers. I know. We where I'm know. coming. I know where I'm coming. Uh, Andrew Nicholson wants to know who would win in a 100-meter race out the three of us. I can safely say that you beat me here, mate. We all know the answer. That's, Jimmy, I'm not being funny. Right, I was fucking sub-11 seconds. I'd be, I'd smoked the two years in the 25 years ago, lad. Yeah, now, don't forget now, you're old. I'd smoked the two years now. Now? Without even a fucking debate. Get to, get to Dublin, get the pints down. And oh, my God, God. I've got, I'm like Usain Bolt. I've got the legs on you. You ain't catching me. I was going to say not three now. legs there, but that's not okay. Honestly, it's not me. There is you'd have, your little, you'd have your little legs trying to catch up with my long, long, slender legs. You'd be fucked. Three legs, Jim. Actually, mate, that's fucking, I'd, I'd actually say over 100 metres, I'll give you 10 metres as well, Jimmy. Right, you heard that here first, lads. That Dublin oh, is sure. taking shape. So, uh, just to, just to, to clarify, we're all agreed. I'm coming last year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jimmy. Fucking tin man. If you, if you need just me to pick heavy things on. up, I can do that, but I just can't run. <laughs> um, okay. So then, John Nightingale. Well, actually, just quickly on the sprint. You know, me missus was a runner for Ireland. She was a sprinter for Ireland when we first started dating. You know me when I've had a couple of pints in my gym. I was like, you know, it's like oh, I fucking beat you. Like, come on, let's go for a race out the front there. <laughs> and we went out the front, and I fucking had to give the old fake hammy injury, didn't oh. I? Because she was absolutely powering ahead. I was like, oh my god, we're out in, uh, in the middle of Belfast doing crouch start in the middle of the road. Good crack. Uh, okay, uh, John Nightingale wants to know. Would you rot? I've got a terrible track record with this stuff, so I'm going to leave this one to you to start with so I can gauge where you're at. He wants to know Would you rather fight one bear sized duck or 10 duck sized bears? 10 duck sized bears for me. Yeah. Would you? Yeah. You wouldn't want to fight. How do you kill a bear sized duck? Like, what do you have? You got weapons or we got bear fists? Like, how do you kill that? Fists, as you know, you're never going to kill it. I think I'll ask this question. It's the beak that scares me. You could deal with like 10 little nips, but one big. It should be the wings, lad. The wings are what get you, not the beak. They've got no teeth, have they? But like, you're going to kill it. you with a wing. You're dangerous to just move out the way of it. Mate, no, nah, it's a bear. It's big, mate. Don't forget. It's not a duck. <laughs> no, I meant it's bear size. Sorry. So if you're trying to get in on this bear size, if it's a fight to the death, like you'll you try and get in it. It's flapping. I reckon if away I'm, from his I'm, feet. I'm taking the I'm taking the bear size duck. Yeah. Oh, you just don't squish him yeah. your feet, like, just squish got him skinny feet. legs. I'll just two foot him, snap his leg, and he's fucked. Yeah, I I snap think I target his leg. Yeah, I think I'd go for his wing. If I take his wings out and just stay away from the beak, I reckon I'm... What did you I'm... say, Tank? What are you going for? His leg. He's going for the big fella. You're going, going for the, for the big fella? 
Yeah, because Jimmy, look at the little... Have you seen the duck's little legs? They're like fucking little things. So if you just two-foot one of the legs, you've injured them. You can take them down. You can knock fuck out of them then. My only worry is if you, go for the two, if you go for the two-footer and you're on the ground, he can peck you there. Like. What if you, like, get, what if you miss a two-foot and you're on the ground and he just, sit, like, mauls you to death? Well, he's a duck. He can't maul you. He's only got, like, of course he can. He just toes. sit on you like, like you... I mean, you look like an egg as it is. <laughs> Ten duck-sized bears will have nasty little claws like cats. Imagine cats and what they're gonna do? Scratch my legs off? I'll just squish them, lad. Just squish them with a one. <laughs> uh, right, the last question. Uh, there was one them. more. Oh no, we can't ask that one. It's a little, little cheeky. Marv, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll DM you the answer to that one, mate. It was a bit, a uh, bit risky that one. Um, Luke wants to know favorite cheese. Didn't think we'd finish the podcast on cheese. Uh, are you cheese lovers, boys? I'm. I, oh yeah, I do like a cheese. You know, I love a yeah? cheese. Is it an older man thing? You know, because you get into wine and cheese as you get older. Well, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> no, no, I'm just the same age as you, Jim. So, uh, is it an older, older thing? Me, you know, you're older than me. By what is it? Two years? One, I think. It's basically the same. Basically. Uh, so, yeah, have you got a favorite type of cheese for Luke? Yeah, I mean, like you can't beat a cheddar. Like, like what? Just you can't beat cheddar, Jim. Can you? You what? You can't be just playing fucking Red Leicester's a belted and Arabs. Red Leicester's decent, and you get you know you can get your fancy ones, but for everyday use, you cannot beat a bit of Cathedral City extra mature cheddar mint. Little cracker, red cheddar, bit of pesto, and like a little bit of salami or pepperoni. Throw that in your old not pepperoni, uh, fucking pepperoni. 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 <laughs> uh, throw that in your gob. You're onto a winner there. Absolutely delicious. I love the old uh, food chat, uh, yeah, lads. Yeah. Much on for the rest of the week. Nah, fucking Cardiff. I'm going down to Cardiff Friday. Jack's second to last game of the season. Cardiff for white. How's the season gone overall? He's done well. He's really pleased with him. So we had his reviews. He's done really well. They're very happy with him. Big, uh, big season next season. Cracking game on Saturday, to be honest with you. They played Ipswich. Fucking really, really, really good game. They beat Ipswich 4-1. Probably a closer game than that as well, to be fair. But, yeah. It's mad. Like, his, his first season's over already. It's scary, isn't it? He's got a two-year like... contract. Is it two-year YTS? Or yeah, they, they do, like, it? a two-year scholar. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so he finishes on the 8th of May. Uh, goes back on the second of June, fourth of June for the week. Finishes another two weeks, then kick back into preseason. Where's his boys holiday? Where's the? He's got to be going on a boys holiday. Get that in quick. No, he's being nah, well behaved. One of them, isn't he? Proper. He's going oh. to his, uh, his. He's going to Amsterdam with his girlfriend because uh, the girlfriend's auntie lives oh, over yeah. there for three days. Then Dubai with us. No drugs test on the way back, Burnley. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> some shrooms in them. Yeah. What about you, Jimbo? Futsal tonight, mate. Got futsal against Port Vale at uh, St George's Park, and then uh, not you, yeah, by not, the way. That's Archie, yeah. Not me, God, no. <laughs> I die playing futsal, mate. For the young kids, in it. I've got um, golfing Thursday. Can't be a bit of golf work, obviously. Networking, oh, yeah. networking, all that. Networking, yeah. and then yeah, just chilled weekend. I don't know who we got Sunday yet. No gaming at the minute. I, I'll be honest, lads, a bit, bit not not twitchy, excited would be the word. Uh, Josh's 40 team that I help coach. It's uh, all come down to these last two weeks. So we've got two games left in the league, top of the league at the moment. Win both games, we win the league, which is fantastic. But uh, the team that are in second 
who are on, if they win their games and on their level with us going into the last game of the season, we play each other. It's going to be a cracker. We, we beat them away. They're a good side. But that should, should be a cracker. Then at the weekend, we've got, we're away at a tournament up in Belfast against the top teams in the north and the top teams at the south, the Puma Cup. So that'll be a bit, a bit of crack. I used to love the kids stuff out of our jacket. We, we done too many. We took the piss in the end. We were doing like four or five tournaments in the summer. Fucking yeah. brilliant. Butlins and everything. We took them. Yeah, I think Absolutely. and you even remember as a player. I remember going to Butlins yeah. as a player. I still remember the trips. Like these are the things that, that you remember. So I see. I went to where I went to one because I was at Stoke and we didn't really do a lot of tours. And we went to where I remember. The only reason I remember it is got given some money. Like I think I've told this story before. We got given some money by my mum and my mum was there. I don't know if she was with my stepdad at the time, but. Uh, we lost it all gambling, playing that game, you know, where you flick a pound coin as close to the wall as you can. No way. <laughs> so all the older lads, like, absolutely rinsed all those younger lads for <laughs> so all that money, like, 30 quid down. And this was back in the, you know, this was 20 years. No, what would it have been like? What am I not saying? So, yeah, talking near 18, 19 years ago, so 30 quid was a lot then. So Life I, after, lessons, Jimbo. That's it. Life after, lessons. After day one, I went to my mum begging for some more money. She was like, where's your money gone? I was like, well, I've gambled it. She was furious. She was going nuts. <laughs> All it takes is one good toss, Jim. Ooh, that's hello. it. Well, that's where you go. A bit of blue for the dads there. A bit of blue. The blue, uh, right, boys. Pleasure as always. Um, everybody that's listening, keep your feedback coming. Um, if you wouldn't mind, just give us an out subscribe or a like or a comment on the YouTube because that basically helps the content get shown to more people. Uh, in terms of the social media, keep chatting to us throughout the week. Getting involved in these two, having arguments is always a special delight for me. So keep. Go on, Jim. Fred, you know don't keep telling me I'm being miserable, lad. He's going to get a slap that. Oh, oh, hello. You're kind of feeding into his point there, Jim. You're very aggro these days. I'm dead. You know me, lad. I'm dead laid back. Dead laid back. Chill, Jimbo. Chill. With that, enjoy the rest of your week, everybody. Hope you are all keeping well. And we will be back with you next week on the Boot Room Podcast. All the best. Cheers, boys. Boys.